0: Welcome back to the Turn 1 Scoop. Uh, it is Boy 1, and we have Boy 2 out in the distance. And today we also have Boy 3! Uh, but first, Boy 2, where are you at?
1: <laughs> I don't know what Boy 2 means, but I guess Boy 2 today <laughs> is hanging out with a bunch of fairies, and it's really circular here. Like a lot what? of circles. Oh my God! Are uh, there a lot of circles?
0: Uh, okay, so you know I'm not even. I I like to pretend that I know what you're talking about, but realistically, every single time you do one of these land things, I don't I don't know what you're talking about, Pablo. What 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 what's the card today?
1: Okay. Only because of its name and absolutely nothing else. Uh-huh. Nothing else. I'm in guy's cradle because oh. because you want to know why michelle
0: tell me why pablo
1: we're not actually with boy three today we're actually with baby One. Oh,
0: oh <laughs> you're right that's
1: right so today we're going to be talking or the clue was a uh, guy's cradle because we are speaking with <laughs> you've heard about her before folks um a lot about her usually when we talk about blue <laughs> true uh but we have our friend megan here today Woo!
0: Hey, it's, megan. it's megan hi everybody hi megan i like that you're physically waving to the computer
2: <laughs> it's a sign of respect <laughs> okay you know what that's fair yeah. that's
1: fine. That's right um, so we had the gr- we had the cradle today because megan is or at least the freshest of the new experienced um Players that we have in our group. Uh, she's the closest to uh, beginning her journey in magic and uh, the most fresh out of all of us, crusty nerds.
0: This is true. You're not wrong.
2: Yes. Um, I don't know if uh, two, maybe three years is necessarily new. However, I do not play as often as everyone else. Not because I'm not having fun, but because. I feel like I don't have enough uh, knowledge to kind of advance, um, which I think this is what the episode's going to be about. So hopefully, if any of you guys are new, um, you can kind of hear about maybe the best way to kind of uh, start being able to play a little bit more and have, you know, more knowledge about things.
1: Yeah. Yeah. One small caveat, yes, uh, Megan has been playing for two to three years, but as far as Commander goes, um, <laughs> I mean, she's been playing for a year and a half now, maybe a little bit more, depends on how mm-hmm. you gauge it. Um, but she's also here with very new eyes, again, not the uh, jaded, <laughs> jaded, <laughs> wh- uh, war-worn and uh, world-weary eyeballs that... Um, some of us might have for magic. I don't know,
0: Pablo speak for yourself, man. Melted. Uh, melted. Was, Everything's sure? melted. <laughs> now nah. Is this the future of if you advance
2: more into magic? <laughs> um,
1: the older you get in magic, the more you go, ah, this, you know, it was better when I started playing or it was better when my favorite set came out. Oh, uh,
2: I see. So just being a boomer in general.
1: Yeah, well, I, basically. I you, you,
2: hey, I'm <laughs> susceptible to it. I'll admit it.
1: Yeah, The uh, being a boomer doesn't really <laughs> discriminate between like the outside world and nerd hobbies
0: mm-hmm yeah all right well we've got megan here and megan is our uh second guest uh, ever i think on the podcast and so maybe hopefully in the future we we'll be bringing more guests on but for now we're just gonna jump right on into it so pablo what do you want to start
1: okay all right let's start with the most basic question that any of these first time player uh, episodes have in other podcasts and ask Megan hey Megan how did you get introduced to magic the gathering
2: um well i believe it was through you like most of our friend Ooh, group
0: i see you've also and... been inducted via well, Pablo oh, <laughs> the difference
2: was i feel like most of our friend group was interested in magic in general when Pablo started introducing it to us and I think I was the only one who was like oh no uh, it's like a lot of work to kind of get to know all the rules and learn a whole new game so I'll just you know do other things with you guys when you aren't playing magic but then eventually everyone was playing magic so much that um, I went with you guys to one of the card shops and I asked Pablo if he could uh, introduced me to the basic mechanics of everything and potentially helped me build my first deck. Um, And Pablo, you know, I'm pretty sure it's been mentioned on the podcast multiple times, don't cut this out, but he's very sweet. (laughs) He sat me down and (laughs) basically, you know, went through very thoroughly all the kind of uh, different mechanics as well as uh, the different... Uh, tribes and everything, and I gravitated to certain ones, um, specifically uh, zombies and vampires, which I did not know at the time were the iconic tribes for black. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I identify myself as a black player, mainly an Orzov player. Um, that's but,
1: true.
2: But Pavel believes that I'm a red player at heart, and I won't necessarily argue completely against that but never blue as most of y'all <laughs> probably know
1: yeah, um, aside here no one's ever called me sweet on this podcast not even once nobody's called me nice
2: that's probably because you that's cut it out t- pablo what do you mean that's not true
1: <laughs> michelle just talks about how shitty i am day in and day out Aww. and how that's st- stupid i am <laughs>
0: michelle is
1: also a sweetie that says i'm a sweetie we're all sweet in this podcast that's why we're the turn one scoop ice cream
0: <laughs> yes <laughs> true yep. but okay uh i i got introduced into magic pretty similarly too, uh like you megan i also got inducted via pablo Uh, not because I wanted to play Magic or because everybody else was playing Magic, but because one day Pablo was like, here, Michelle, here's the deck, and I'm going to teach you. And I'm like, oh, I guess we're learning Magic today. I mean, that's kind of how
2: um, I guess I fell into a bad habit of (laughs) not building my own decks because um, I asked Pablo to make my first deck, which was uh, the zombie vampires uh, Orzhov deck. Yeah. And... Uh, I didn't know until I started playing other people just how OP Pavel's decks really are. Um, And from then on, I was like, well, you know, I feel like if I were to build my own decks, they just wouldn't be as good as far as understanding, you know, optimization, mechanics, uh, general (laughs) rules. Um, And so afterwards, I was like, okay, well, I'll just have this deck. And then Pavel was nice enough to get me into Commander by giving me my own Orzhov deck, which was the Knights, which was also something else I was interested in. I made a whole list um, and he's memorized it or kept it. And that was really sweet. Um, And then also he made me a Boros Giants deck recently for um, this past Christmas. So they've all worked really well. Um, He takes a lot of, I think our personalities into thought. Mm And that's why I'm just like, well, it's very daunting to try to make your own deck because I don't think any deck I make will be as good as Pablo's deck that he makes for me. Well, I mean,
0: that's usually how it goes, right? Because it's like when you're first getting into magic and you're first trying to learn how to make a deck, uh, you can't expect that your first couple of decks will turn out to be as strong as someone who's been playing magic for, like, uh, I don't know, however long you've been playing Pablo, but since the beginning of magic uh and so i mean what i did when i started making like actually making my first decks was uh, i think my very first deck i sat down physically with Pablo, and we had this laptop and we went through all of the bird cards because i wanted to do bird tribal right and we just kind of like went through each one like one by one and so maybe if you wanted to do your own deck like your very first one uh i mean you don't have to go about it like on your own you know yeah i mean i guess um i don't know if
2: uh, the guests ask questions on this but Um, you know, what would you say as far as advice goes for maybe, um, someone who isn't as lucky as me to have, like, a lot of friends that are more experienced in magic and can, you know, kind of walk them through? Like, um, how do you get through the sheer amount of cards that exist in magic and, you know, uh, choose the ones that would make sense for the deck as well as, you know, being optimal instead of like, oh, well, this makes sense because it's the same, uh, tribe, uh, monster.
1: See, that's actually a very good question, and I'm glad, because now the shape of this podcast is forming. I thought for sure we were just (laughs) gonna be Gabin and Gabin. but these are actually very nice and pointed and, uh, insightful. So, um, one small, small side before anything else, um, the Giants deck, uh, while it did take a little bit of Megan's personality into account, was based solely on one rant that Megan had of being mad that there are blockers and she just wished that (laughs) god damn it why can't i just attack your face and um as many of you know giants and cyclopses uh one of their biggest um mechanics are fling effects so hey what if you can just throw your creatures (laughs) at their faces
2: disclaimer i don't remember this but i wouldn't be surprised so this was that
1: was like one of the uh um it wasn't even the most uh, passionate argument I ever had from Megan, but it was just a very honest statement that she had, which is probably why she doesn't remember it. It was just one of those uh, throwing off the cuff uh, statements that were, you know, a hundred percent true because it was on the top of her head at the time. And I just ran with it. I was like, okay, Megan wants to not be blocked. What if I, <laughs> I just want
2: to be aggressive? Although I will say that I obviously understand you know, that blockers are a thing and are important now. It's been three years, but, you know, that's how we learn and we grow.
1: Yeah, uh, at the time, annoyances. Now, still annoyances, but at least you know why they're there um
0: yes. and you possibly know how to get past them <laughs> yes um, i don't know if i'm there yet but hopefully well you have a whole deck dedicated to getting past it so um, <laughs> not with flyers and blue but yes i mean it doesn't matter when you're just flinging these creatures in the face anyway that's right <laughs> and
1: especially when you're stealing somebody else's creatures but that's that's true. a that's a fun little story and uh, thankfully for these episodes we have a bunch of fun little stories with megan um no. true but let's get back to the point uh One of the biggest strengths that Magic always had has and is also a minor weakness. It is much more of a strength than it is a weakness in that it is a community-driven game. You Mm -hmm. can count the number of people that you know that learned Magic by themselves with one finger. I'm kidding, of course. I don't know the statistics of this. But... It's very low. Nobody just decides one day looking at a bunch of cards or walking past a card shop to go, I'm going to learn that by themselves, all by themselves. Magic is so old now that it's continually cycling and having its older players drag new players in. I wouldn't say drag new players in, but introducing them to the game. It isn't like Pokemon that has just this brand, straight-up brand recognition that kids will force their parents to buy packs of Pokemon cards, even though they don't know how to play at Mm -hmm. all. Magic has always been something that you learned in high school because you see some kids playing at the uh, lunch tables, and they notice you also looking at them, and then they'll go, hey, come play with us. Or you um, have older cousins or siblings, etc. Now... In this digital age with Magic Arena, I don't know if it'll still be as small of a proportion, but most people will always learn Magic with someone else. Now, if you don't have anybody to guide you through Magic, one of the nicest things about Magic, uh, it's not as prevalent as it used to be, but they used to have these dual decks, and I think that they still have some oh -hmm. well
0: and you're talking about the decks that uh it comes in in twos right and so there's one deck for someone one deck for yourself and you just kind of pin them against each other yeah
1: um in all honesty i haven't seen a dedicated 60 card casual uh 1v1 starter deck in a long time but Mm -hmm. what they have started doing is in non-commander sets uh, non uh, you know uh, commander um, 2020 2021 the commander sets for uh, adventures in the forgotten realms wizards usually likes um, making in the in-between commander sets two commander pre-constructed decks that play really mm-hmm. well against each other which is yeah. what you saw with uh, Wyleth and um, AC you saw that with Annawan and um, hmm. I I can't remember off the top of my head the uh, Naya Elf Spirit Landfall deck. Uh, Obun, Obun, that's who he is. (laughs) Never forget, Mm -hmm. never wrong, Pablo. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And uh, that's how a lot of people are also starting it now. Um, Of course, since Commander is now the format to play with Magic, they do make sure that uh, that they never go under four pre-constructed decks, so that, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. you can always start off a pod of four people if they're really wanting to learn how to play all by themselves. Um, But if you don't have any, uh, at least, local game places to learn how to play Magic, or you don't have a very uh, connected group of friends, and, of course, if you go to a game store, they'll always uh, teach you how to play Magic, because... It's just something that uh, those game stores are there for, plus they'll give you a Mm -hmm. a nice little free beginner starter deck. You do have the option of going to Magic the Gathering Arena, which is now also on the phone, which is amazing.
0: Oh, true. That's right.
1: So it's very, very, very easy if you are just starting off by yourself to play Magic um, on your phone, etc. etc. Now, you guys are already listening to an EDH podcast, so maybe you don't need this much uh, information. But if you have a friend who you can't teach magic to physically, um, you can, and you know that they would be interested, uh, have them download uh, Magic the Gathering Arena and uh, see how it goes from there. The tutorial is mm-hmm. very nice, it's very easy. I, for one, like Sparky, I know many people don't. Sometimes I play the single-player single player mode just to have Sparky time, and I let her win. So
0: Is Sparky the, the like NPC, the beginner NPC, like the, the training bot, or what, what's with yes, Sparky? Yes, yes,
1: that's, that's, it, it's the uh, tutorial Spark. It's, it, she's called oh. Sparky because she, she's the Planeswalker spark. Oh. And, and And in my head, never. I'm like, damn, Sparky never gets to win a game. I, Pablo, the altruistic, will take a dive for Sparky's Ego. And, you know, usually I just play dumb combo decks to see if they work, but I never have the heart in me to actually pull off the last card in the combo, and I I just let Sparky win because it's like, uh, come on. Sparky never really wins against anything, so Here, here you go, Sparky, take that W.
0: Alright, well, well, fair enough. I actually forgot that uh, MTG Arena was a thing, and that, that's probably, honestly, the best way to learn magic if you don't have anybody else to teach you, mm-hmm. uh, and so that's pretty good, pretty good.
1: Yeah. Um, if you're really hard up to learn magic, or you, you know somebody who is hard up to learn magic and you can't teach them yourselves, uh, send them to a local gaming store. Um,
0: mm-hmm. They'll teach
1: them, or... Uh, the less risky thing I would say is send them to Magic the Gathering uh, Arena, because uh, while I do say that the best place to learn is, is hands-on and 1v1, it's just, what if you send them there when it's busy or something, and they can't get attended to, which is, you know, uh, might turn them off to the game if, if mm-hmm. a bunch of sweaty nerds keep interrupting their game, because they need <laughs> to keep buying their pro-fit packs! You know.
0: Fair enough. Uh, I mean, in terms of people who already kind of know how to play the game, but they don't really know particularly how to build their own decks quite yet, uh, I believe we've talked about this briefly before on, like, a past episode. I don't remember which one. But a good way to kind of start building decks is just to start with the, a good old pre-con.
1: Mm-hmm. And then uh, just building then... it up from there.
0: Yeah, and then just like I, I don't know, taking out ten cards and then putting ten new cards in. And the easiest way to go about doing that is if you go online to EDHREC and you Google your precon and you're like, all right, how do I upgrade this precon? And they'll tell oh. you how to do it. Okay, they'll tell you which cards to take out and which cards you can replace with it. And I'm like, all right, perfect.
2: Okay, well, I mean, I definitely want to give that a try. I do um, know that precons are pretty good in magic mm. um, some of us have like bought in and just kind of played with them and I've uh, also played against other people that use them um, so the nice thing about I guess magic is that uh, they're not just selling themselves
0: yeah
1: yeah no um, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're referencing AC uh, our friend Maureen's AC deck which is you know uh, upgraded True, yeah. now but but when it first came out it was still it was still pretty good already.
0: Yeah, I, I don't didn't... think that Marine updated it too, too much either, so for the most part, it's still, like, the pre-con that it was when you gave it to her. Yeah, uh, wow,
2: I didn't even know AC was a pre-con. Yeah.
0: yeah, AC is a pre-con, and the deck that I was using, Brina, the other time we played, was also just a straight-up pre-con. Oh my
1: god, Brina, oh my god. Oh, Brina <laughs> is such a fucking house.
0: Jesus yeah, like the, Christ. Yeah, EDH, the EDH pre decks nowadays are are, are actually good, so you can probably just buy one and then just play it straight off the bat, and you'll be fine, and then you can always make like, you know, adjustments to it, it'll still be a good deck, regardless.
2: I mean, I feel like, um, in reference to like a previous, uh, episode on the podcast, um, when you guys were talking about, I guess, like, player archetypes, um i think i don't know if i was mentioned but I think, that, you might have like, <laughs> I think i don't know how y'all identify me but i'll say that um i think um i lean more into is it johnny that likes the mechanics right
1: mm, yes yeah. yes yeah. you do you do ask uh, what does that card do a lot which is a very johnny thing to do
2: well, I mean, that's because I also feel like I'm not as um, experienced or advanced enough as mm-hmm. everyone else, where they can just hear the name and immediately know, like, oh yes, and then this is what that card does. Yeah. It, and see, there's, this is how it goes in.
1: There's a difference between Johnny's and Timmy's and Spikes, um, and I'll tell you the difference now, Megan, and why you're a Johnny. A Timmy will just take whoever's word for it is if they hear it. Okay, so they don't see a, uh, they see a card, they don't know what it does. They ask what it does. A Timmy would just take whoever's owns the card word for it. A Spike would do the same unless the Spike is losing. And then it's like, oh, yeah, for real, let me see that shit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Johnny would skip either the the whole, like, reading it from somebody or listening and, excuse me, hearing it from somebody else. They just go like, hey, can I see that card? Oh, what does it do? and then... Um, make their own decisions off of that. So that's why I would say that you were firmly a Johnny in that regard. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. Um, I feel like um, from like the last game that we had played that you were talking about, um, I unfortunately did not win. However, I don't really feel upset about winning as long as I can um, play my mechanic that the uh, deck was built. It would be nice to win, Mm -hmm. um, but that's, I guess, not my main focus, which is, you know, I guess why i have such an issue with blue white control oh.
0: but we're not gonna get into that it was a I mean, fun we, game we can get into that like a little bit later because i'm sure it'll come up eventually but uh i guess to give a little bit more context to the game you you were there pablo i think it was a a pot of five and we were playing star hey look at that uh,
1: they practicing what we preach
0: Yes, because variants are fantastic, and you should play Star. Play Star, okay? Play so uh, <laughs> <great> Planes Chase. <laughs> what? Well, yeah, I would have loved to play Planes Chase, but Pablo was on Pablo was on time limit, so we yeah, couldn't do it. But in any case, it was five of us. Uh, and was it Marine had AC? I had like precon. That was Brina. Uh, Megan had oh, her giants. giants deck, and then Pablo was playing some Blue Trash. I don't know.
1: Oh, man, uh, you're right. <laughs> 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 it is true. I was just playing
0: Blue Trash. I'm, I'm just kidding. He was playing uh, Svelin, mm-hmm. uh the deck that he just made. And then we also had another friend with us there as well, and he was playing Rurikthar, uh, which was very scary. But uh, I guess to give a little bit more context, by the end of it, uh, Pablo had to leave and so it was just uh, and Pablo was right across from me and, and so Pablo was my enemy and the Ruakhthar player was my enemy. And the Marine who was next to me had Megan as her enemy and Pablo as her enemy. And then Megan, unfortunately, uh, who was also on my other side, had both uh, Marine and um the Ruckhthar player. So they like both the Ruakhthar player and Megan were just were just fucked. So <laughs>
2: although I felt like I feel I felt like um it, it made sense to target me and I was fine with that I was um I don't think you were here Pablo for I guess like uh to see you know what my last hopes were but um I drew some pretty decent cards um the ones that are like oh if this uh giant gets uh like gets killed then you know I believe it's um you destroy something but it was doing lot, like, cards that do a lot of damage. The only issue was the mana cost was, like, one more than I had. It. I missed land drops. Rip. Yeah. <laughs> but, listen, I got to, you know, work my mechanic, and I was happy with that. Um, I think I've mentioned this, like, multiple times. I'm always like, ooh, I really want to make a deck like this, and then I never do it. But um, I guess the next deck I do want to build is the... Um, and I hope no one steals my idea. But if they do, it's okay. It's I call it the Diablo deck because ah, that's yes. the name of my I, dog.
0: Bro, I don't know who who would steal the Diablo deck idea, bro. I don't know. Maybe maybe it'll be like, whoa, that's kind of cool. And then someone might take it. Oh, bro, but, yeah. Let me just make a deck based off of a dog that I don't own. Hey, he has a very
2: <laughs> cute dog, okay? So... It's, um, we did a draft, and I ended up pulling, um, I don't remember the name of the god, but it was mm. the black it, green dog, or no, no. It, was it was it red and white? Was it Arrow? I know it's green, um, it oh, might no. have been green-red, but Clothis. it was one of the you gods, it Clothis. doesn't really
1: matter, you, but it oh,
0: was a, okay, it's a god, yeah, so it's
2: strong. Yeah, no, no, you, you pulled
1: Clothis, the, uh, gruel yeah. god and, from Theros.
2: And, uh, like, I believe most hounds slash dogs are red-red uh green as well and i was like oh maybe i'll have this one be my commander because i've heard that there aren't really a lot of strong hound slash dog commanders uh-huh um and i was like well it'll be the god dog deck because it's spelled backwards <laughs> and my dog's name's diablo okay. Get it, you guys? I... either way it's mainly to just be like oh this is the diablo deck and i just plug in my dog at any interval i they know
1: yeah. so um That's always a good thing, too. Uh, Whenever you start um, your magic journey, one of the things that you do have to have going in is the understanding that you can actually make almost any deck you want um, Mm theme-wise when you go in. And I think that was also one of the reasons why... um, Not not that you were pulled in, Megan, because we were making your decks for you, but you kind of stayed in... Because um, the themes that we, <laughs> we gave uh, kind of, oh no, was it, was it, was it I, I might be spinning my wheels here, but um, vindictiveness was also um, oh. <laughs> a big deal with you, and, and having revenge was also a big deal with you, uh, which is why, you know, Orzov was there. Um, yes. Also sucking. Not, not, not like, S- oh, <laughs> I suck, but, uh, you know, sucking life. <laughs> That, that, I, I, I think oh,
0: okay. the big yeah. suck. That's what we like to call the ors off life cracks. drain. Yeah. Yeah. Big suck.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know if that actually was like anything intentional, but it, it was more for the um, pettiness of a lot of those cards <laughs> or the potential I mean, for it. Him.
0: It's, it's, Uh, they're they're good uh uh, themes and stuff i mean i feel like it's easiest to start off building a deck based off of themes Mm -hmm. rather than just going straight into like oh yeah i want to build a deck that does so so and so you know Mm -hmm. it's like oh why don't you just start off by doing like i don't know maybe a tribe or like one specific thing that you want to do in a deck
2: or you just build for the meta if you're a spike player (laughs)
0: Uh, i mean yeah but you know that's that's later on i feel like that's like (laughs) i feel like that's not quite noob level's Yet. Yeah,
1: no, uh, a, a noob spike, unfortunately, all that they're going to be thinking of is like, why do I keep losing? And they just keep <laughs> thinking about that. <laughs> they like, you know, some people go, why do I, um, why do I lose to this player or oh, that's deck so strong, but uh, a beginning spike player will go, why do I keep losing? And then that's how you get people like Michelle.
0: True. But it's fine, because I've learned from it, okay, Pablo, and now I know how to play magic. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, um,
1: let's go back to some some um, beginner questions and beginner insights. So, Megan, yeah. um, now that you're in Commander, because we, we really don't play any other format other than draft <laughs> sometimes, what is the thing that you like the most about Commander that you you know noticed when you were coming into the game as a new player and what is it that you think might be a detractor for somebody who's just coming into commander
2: um well I feel like um, the nice thing I guess about commander is the variety of cards that you get to play against mm, right true. because every card has to be different mm-hmm. um, however there is the consistent of your commander which is um, kind of like a safety net, which is nice. Oh, that's um, true. I feel like potentially a detractor um, that I was lucky enough not to uh, have to deal with as much is because every card is so different, um, building a deck may be m- a little bit more complicated and difficult than just building the regular 60-card deck where you could have repeats, and it's a little bit, at least in my theory, that uh with the 60 card deck it's easier to get your mechanic off than maybe commander is that accurate to say
1: yeah no you're, no, right, you're,
2: you're right you're
1: right consistency yeah. consistency mm.
2: yeah right so i feel like um i like variety a lot you know i like the idea that you can't have four pay two blue to just counter everything you <laughs> although there are well, multiple you can counters. you can still
0: do that in the commander deck let's not let's not like get ourselves here but yes you're right there are it's, well, <laughs>
2: it'll be a different card Um, So I guess it'll be a little bit more varied. Um, (laughs) But, you know, uh, I I do really like the variety um, and that every single card you get may not be like, Oh, I can't use this hand, right? Because um, every card has to be different. Versus if you were playing sixty and you're getting something that's just like, well, I still need this one card. Okay, let me like reshuffle. If I just never pull it, then you're kind of, you know, in a more restricted position. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess with like you know, ninety-nine different cards, or I guess hundred if you're commander. That's true. Um, you get a little bit more uh, options, and I love the idea of having a lot of options, a lot of. Different playthroughs, even if you like, you know, play the same decks with the same decks. Yeah, that's very. Um, that's, that's always very like, really interesting to me. Yeah,
1: um, yeah. Even if, even if it's like the fifth game that you played, because oh, there is a there is a certain limit of how much you can play the same four decks over and over again. But uh, about the at least one month of playing once a week, I would say you would never get the same game quite. Twice the same time unless somebody's like legit just <laughs> playing a dedicated combo deck but we'll, we'll uh, talk about I those mean, guys later true. um you're right megan if you were playing any other format uh any of the older formats or non-rotating formats you would see um pretty much i won't say the same decks over and over again but in a con- in a certain meta you might see the same decks over and over again Um, Mm -hmm. Same thing with Standard. It's just the same thousand cards or so that just keeps getting recycled until the next rotation. And then it's the same 600 cards from last year and then maybe 200 more. And Mm -hmm. even in Kitchen Sink games, it gets a little bit samey because, like Megan was talking about, you do have the... I won't say problem, but the option of having four of's in your deck and optimizing that deck. So even if you have um, a, a bunch of decks, those decks, after you've played them once, you'll always kind of know what they're going to do afterwards. In Commander, you might know the theme of what the deck does, but you, until a certain point, will not know everything about that deck until much later. Um, an elf deck that's a 60-card elf deck, you play it maybe twice and then you know exactly what's going on un- unless you know the, yeah. the other player is-, is hiding something from you. Uh, like one set and you know exactly what's going on with a male deck and which cards you're going to be seeing again and again. Uh, in Commander, it takes a little bit more time and you get way more mileage, which is always a great thing when you're getting into a new hobby. You might branch out into other branches of magic later on in life because you know you're wanting more of a competitive scene or maybe you just want to uh explore what the whole deal is about these quote unquote competitive formats but commander i think in my opinion is the best way to start off magic and to gain more from magic than what you're putting in uh financially and brain power wise honestly <laughs>
0: I mean, you're not wrong, Uh, Commander is typically a more social format anyway, it's a lot more casual than um, some of these other formats like Standard or Modern or or whatever, right? And so I feel like uh, in terms of just getting into Magic, uh, Commander is probably the least intimidating way to get into it because you're not facing off typically 1v1 against someone else you're in a, like, a group of people and you can socialize with everybody else as well
1: yeah. uh, I uh, the the best thing about commander which I, I hope everybody knows is you can go can you believe this shit with people next <laughs> to you without you know um, sounding like a whiny baby because if you're playing at a magic store and it's a tournament or something and you're like uh, just saying to some of them, stranger can you believe this shit uh, they either have no idea what you're talking about, or think you're a colossal whiny brat.
0: For <laughs> little <baby. laughs> um,
1: But if somebody else is in the trenches there with you, going, "Yeah, I can't believe this shit," it actually makes the play experience way more fun. Yeah.
2: I also like the aspect of the heart of the cards when you draw it. Oh yeah, <laughs> um,
1: that's true. I wanna to. I,
2: if, if y'all don't mind, I'll just plug in like one of my two wins ever. Um, oh, yeah, go ahead, go
0: ahead. <laughs> and
2: I only won once, and it was against literally a person who had never played and kind of didn't care to play. This is um, true. And I remember I was going to lose until I pulled uh, murder, and oh, it was like man. the one card I could get out of that situation. And then I barely just won, but it was very, it was a very fun game solely yeah. for that heart of the cards moment. <laughs>
1: yeah, and and see. The thing in the 60-card formats is you can always have a calculated risk whenever you're drawing a card, um, mm-hmm. because uh, you can always go, all right, I've played this many lands, I've played this many copies of this one card, and I have this many cards in hand and in my graveyard. You can sort of like, there's there's a 1 in 5 chance that I draw this one card in, 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 in this next uh, draw, or even better, because you know your deck so well. Even if you Mm -hmm. do that with Commander, it's always going to be sort of a 1 in 100 chance of, like, well, I mean, maybe a little bit less than that since you have lands. But (laughs) you go to that draw, it very much is always, like, Yugi, Heart of the Cards. Uh, Fates, (laughs) help me cheat!
0: Yeah, I mean, unless you're getting your deck down to, like, super, like, to to the point where you're almost milling yourself out, chances are you don't know what card you're pulling next.
1: Mm -hmm. Unless
0: you get a tutor. Unless you get a tutor, or unless you scry. Uh, but Unless yeah. you play oh a top-deck manipulation
1: deck, like some people.
0: <laughs> True, Pablo! <laughs> I have
1: the heart of the cards. Also, this is a heart transplant. Let me put this on top real quick!
0: <laughs> I mean, look, 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 look. It's, it's all cool, okay? Uh, I mean, that's. I feel like that's, that's one of the fun parts about Commander, right? Because it is so random. Uh, you, you were saying earlier, like, with a 60-card a deck, I mean, just, just the, the nature of it being, like, 40 cards less, it, it's just, it's just, percentage-wise, uh, a higher chance of you just drawing whatever card you need. Mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Not much farther the cards there when, you, it, like, it goes exactly to Kekaku.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you fucking weeb.
1: Oh, I'm the weeb now. Okay, sure. I'm oh,
0: yeah, okay, whatever problem. <laughs> All right. Now, I mean, apart from uh, just commander in general, uh, what what are things that you just like about playing Magic, Megan?
2: Um, it definitely like we've talked already about uh, the community. Um, you know, I went with you guys to the card shop and mm-hmm. we played against two like people we've never met, and they were really nice. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, you know, playing with people uh, like I said, I love the variety the different kind of themes, like any kind of theme um, and whenever somebody has like a certain kind of deck, I feel like uh, unless I guess they're going full on meta, but I feel like with, you know, Commander, it's a little bit harder to have just like one for sure meta mm-hmm. uh, You can, I feel like the decks have a lot more of the person's personality in them right? Um like I said, like the decks I want to make and things like that, somebody might look at that and be like, this kind of doesn't make sense, but, you know, like, I guess it means something to her. Um, Kind of like you, your certain aesthetics that you like, and that's Mm -hmm. why you chose things like birds and whatnot. Um, And I I really like that about uh, playing Magic. Um, Mm -hmm. And then also, of course, it's just a fun game in general. I like the fact that it's not super convoluted as maybe another card game that is in existence Uh, i'm not gonna say which but um i do like the fact that the mechanics um can be written on the card in kind of a very understandable way so there isn't that huge uh learning curve Mm -hmm. um so that's what makes it a really fun game and then the themes of you know each set that comes out is also kind of like really beautiful um and they work with a lot of other different like collaborations. So they're always kind of keeping it fresh and new um,
0: while also making it very exciting and fun. Oh, okay.
1: Very insightful. I love that answer. Thank
0: you. <laughs> now, in kind of the same area, but slightly veering off a little bit, uh, what what do you like about, I guess, the game that you didn't really expect to enjoy initially, if there is any at all?
2: Hmm, I really, you know, don't know... Like what I really thought about Magic going in other than I was like, oh, you know, this is a very uh, new game. I I don't know anything about it. It probably has a very steep learning curve because I was comparing it to probably, you know, Uh the second most popular card game, which I feel like is more difficult to learn because of how many complications are in it. Um, But I suppose and you know it would make sense if you know you're not playing the color but i in my opinion in my experience and i could be wrong you know that's my disclaimer i feel like blue is maybe a little outbalanced (laughs) as far as being a lot stronger um which you know of course um if you're not gonna like get the advantages of it it kind Uh of comes off a little uh difficult or unfair but you know um I'm on that quest very slowly to be like, one day I will just beat a blue deck and, <laughs> with a non-blue deck and then just show like, okay, well, see, that means that I didn't have to rely on maybe a lot of, uh, you know, advantages to to win. Um, fun fact, I think I might have potentially been a blue player when Pablo introduced me to all the basic kind of concepts of the colors. Yeah. um, Because I was like, okay, yeah, I guess in comparison to green, white, blue, and red, like they all, at least when I first heard it, was like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. And I guess the thing that have. The most variation would be blue because it's very magic and mm-hmm. it does have a lot of uh, differences. And then he introduced me to the last color, which was black, which I took as like being very chaotic and interesting, mm-hmm. and I just gravitated
0: towards that. I guess you could have been like you were very close to being, I guess, a demir player. Then with the blue and the black,
1: <laughs> you know, what, yeah. The the biggest differences between whether you're a blue hater or a blue lover, is the first counter spell you encounter, did you cast it or was it <laughs> yes. cast on you? Because depending on which side of the coin that is, you, you, that like cements your view on blue for a long time. Because even though I am a majority blue player now, the first counter spell I encountered countered my craw worm. So I fucking hate. Oh, goddamn, do I hate myself for playing blue. But you know, uh, big blue spells are pretty nice. And uh, every so often, I do think, what would that little um, uh, six year old me think about about what I'm doing now? <laughs> blue! That's the <laughs> cheater color!
0: A fucking shame, Pablo. It's degenerate. Yeah. But that's okay. You just kind of accept it you're playing blue. Uh, I find that analogy to be very, very on point. My first counter spell, I actually don't remember if I was the one who cast my first counter spell or if I got countered first. But in either situation, it was like, oh, look, it's a counter! How very, very convenient! I should put it in my deck. Yes, that's what (laughs) I'm saying. I
2: feel like you don't have to be as careful um, as a blue player. Like uh, I feel like you know you have a lot more protection. Maybe. Yeah, that is Um, very
1: very true. I will interject mm -hmm. really quickly. Blue players think they're geniuses. No, they just have very good protection that makes it feel like they're smart. Nah, dude, you're just you're just casting terror on a spell that's on the stack rather on the battle the battlefield. It's not it's not that different.
2: I feel like, um, you know, like if we're going all the way back to the early episodes of talking about the blue <laughs> mechanics, um, I feel like what I will agree with you for the most part on that. Like, yes, um, I'd like, I see blue as like a potential color of like, yes, it it probably has the biggest potential to be big brain. However, it also allows you to kind of get away with whatever you could be a lot more, in my opinion, sloppy or careless in playing and still win because it's just maybe a little bit outbalanced like that as far as strength however are there some people that you know take a galaxy brain uh, yes, but as far as like oh, just because you play blue doesn't mean you're one of those. It's the uh, Dunning Kruger thing.
0: Well, not everybody is not not. There's not actually a lot of Galaxy Brain Blue players. Most blue players are like, I counter, <laughs> done. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so so I guess leading on to the next topic, then would you say that like blue uh just in general is your least favorite thing about magic or do you have like maybe another thing that you don't quite like well i guess the question is what what is your least favorite thing about the game um i don't know i feel
2: like maybe that's like a good answer to say like the amount of like uh, i guess balance between the colors right because uh-huh. y'all have also talked about how like white is the weakest but i don't think i like necessarily like hate like I'm not going to say blue is, like, the reason why, like, magic's terrible. I'm um, <laughs> not going to go that far. Because, like, you're thing, okay, right? So you've said that you're a blue-white player, right? Mainly mm-hmm. on control. Mm-hmm. And then we have our friend, Maureen, who plays Simic. Blue-green, yeah. Right? But I would say that I guess the difference in my opinion of how you guys both play is that although there is blue in her deck and it does kind of help in some instances, she doesn't lean so heavily into the blue mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, and I can just kind of do whatever. She leans a little bit more into let me build, like, these big green creatures up and I just want to be aggro and strong. Yeah. And, like, you know, I can I can take blue in, like, small amounts like that, but when it's like let me just put all the blue meta cards in a deck and just do whatever I want and not allow people to play with control. (laughs) That's when it's a little like, well, I guess it's not even about like, oh, I can't win. It's more like, well, I'm not even able to play the mechanic I wanted. Even if I lost in a pod, like last place, I'm okay with it. As long as I was like, haha, look, my giant did the thing it was supposed to once. But when it's like, oh no, we're shutting everyone down. I get to have all the fun. Then it's a little like, okay. So (laughs) I guess, um, I guess that would be my answer for saying just like, but I mean, I still have fun because we're close enough and we yeah. like each other enough that I could just yell at you after the game. And, this is and true. then we just yell at me over after it. the game. You just yell at
0: me while you're in the game, Megan, okay?
2: Hey, hey, I don't do that because it'll look salty, but then I'll be like, <laughs> this is bullshit. Although I will admit that I don't think I put as much money. I guess, I don't know. I, I feel like I don't have enough uh experience to say this, but I guess I'll ask the question then. Uh Do you feel like when you build a deck, um, putting in more money really does get you more? Like, is it a little pay to win? Or is it no, 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 like, you can definitely defeat a really invested financially deck? with a less financially invested deck.
0: well if we're talking about like just regular casual edh i don't feel like you you have to put in so much money because you can put in like a, you know just a good good like cheap investment in an edh that can still have it run pretty well while doing its thing uh i'm not gonna talk about cdh because that's like a whole other whole other category of, of magic
1: yeah um and besides <laughs> there is a ceiling there is an upper limit um for other formats, yes, this is very much the case. You'll have okay decks that are like sort of budget, but come on, like the the very very best decks are gonna always have a lot of money in it. Um, mm-hmm. That's the same thing with uh, EDH. But the thing about commander is because you have these three other people playing with you, a lot of it is also mitigated because if somebody is way 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 too strong. Um, then, you know, the, the, ba- the table usually balances itself out if, if they're not being mm-hmm. petty. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's the nice thing about, about Commander, right? Because
0: yeah. uh, there are other people that you have to deal with. And all these other people are also dealing with the other people around you. And mm-hmm. so even if your deck isn't the strongest, uh, I mean, you, you could still hold off until the end and yeah. still win games. It's
1: the, can you believe this shit factor? How well <laughs> can you play Magic and how well can you play the Can you believe this shit?
0: Yeah, and, and there's also a lot of um, a lot of budget decks that are just, just well-fine-tuned enough for, for them to work. Like, uh, I don't know, I'm going to drop a, a good, old, good old YouTuber here <laughs> with Commander's Quarters, right? So if you take a look at his videos, a lot of his videos, he makes uh, uh, decks for people who are more on a budget. And so he makes a lot of decks that are, like, 50 and below at the time of recording, right? And so, I mean, there's a lot of ways to make, like, Pretty cheap decks that run very well and are still very strong.
1: Yeah. Um, last thing I will say about this is, uh, if you find somebody who's paying about two thousand to three thousand dollars into their deck anyway, um, they're they're probably not thinking about uh, playing Magic with with a casual EDH crew to begin with. Uh, these turn two, turn three, kill decks most of the time will never be pulled out unless they, you know, hopefully they're not assholes and just do it for fun. But, <laughs> uh, most of the time they will give you fair warning and go like, hey, you guys want to play an archenemy deck? This deck is super duper tuned, you know. Uh, just making sure that you guys know what you're getting into, but it could be a fun puzzle to see if you can uh, kill the giant, cut off it, its kneecaps, and stuff like that. Um, but yes, there is a point to when it becomes pay to win. But in mm-hmm. EDH, it is so much higher. So, 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 so much higher than the other formats of Magic. Unless you're playing, of course, Vintage and Legacy, then, you know, I mean, that's that's super money. <laughs> but uh, in, in EDH, it is very... Um, not You're not going to hit that ceiling, m- like, at all. Like, 99% mm-hmm. of the time, you will never hit that ceiling of money, 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 money.
0: And if you do you're probably in C E D H and that's again a whole other like yeah. a whole other beast. Yeah, you, right.
1: you 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 stumbled down the rabbit hole, Alice. To get out of there while you can.
0: <laughs> and so I mean that that just means that you, you should build a deck, Megan. I might do the
2: um suggestion that you said where uh, you with the precon go to, Yeah, with the precon then E EDH, D. H uh, E D H rec. E D. H. Yeah. Rec, yeah. Yeah. Because um yeah. I guess like also, you know, um, I would have to like find all these resources because I think the first time I was like, let me try to make my own deck, I just went to, you know, I think you like look up MTG cards on Google and it gives you this. Uh, the Gatherer. Oh I, my be, like, God. Yeah, that that my is website. a good ass
1: story. Oh my God. Megan, when she first <laughs> got into magic and uh, decided to give me a list of the cards that she liked or tried to make a, a list of cards that she was interested in, she went to Gatherer hit all all oh. 10,000 20,000 uh, cards of magic's history and just started going from a down one
0: one. and it was just that- like yo
1: what is up with all of these these uh, cards from antiquities. That's right. Who cares about Who cares about blah I blah bong girl? Yes,
2: and... that's right. Oh God! And that's why the sheer amount of cards that were in existence. I was like, I can't. Sh- I can't sort through all of these and figure <laughs> out which one's best. Um, and I, I <laughs> tried. I was like, I'll, I'll just write down every single card and then give give the list oh. of problems. And be like, Do you think that this is a good card to put in this deck? And, <laughs> And (laughs) and it wasn't.
1: Depending on which way you were going to go with that kind of mindset, you were already either a a Spike or a a Johnny. Because there's no way a Timmy would have the patience to just fucking sit there and just read through the entire catalog of magic cards.
0: I mean, I never did finish because I was like, this is just too much, but then this is this is why, okay, I will always forever advocate for e d h rec because the the website will just tell you what cards are good with your concept, bro yeah it doesn't it's like you don't have to look through the whole list of every single card in magic's history. It's like here you go, here's like maybe a couple of hundred cards that will fit very well in this deck and you just pick from there. It's like, oh perfect, yes, but also,
2: and I guess this doesn't really do me any favors, but um. Personality wise, like just who I am in general, uh-huh. I'm also a person that as you guys probably know is like, no, no, I gotta do it myself. Uh... So that's why it's like, <laughs> yes, okay, this EDH rec is good, but what if they didn't think about this? So let me but I, I understand now and but... I trust Pablo <laughs> and you enough to be like, oh okay, okay, let's mm-hmm. let's do it that way. So I don't know, now that I know about this, I might try making the doggo deck and finally be yeah. like, oh, yes, the Diablo deck is finally complete after years, literal years <laughs> of talking about it. Don't be Don't be like me, guys, in any way. So- okay,
0: well, well, I still, okay, for, for your very first deck, if it's not a break hunt, I still recommend you sit down with, I guess, either the both of us or just Pablo, just go through the cards that are, like, in this theme to, just, just to kind of give you a rundown and help you kind of decide if this is good enough to put in the deck or maybe you want to switch it out for another option.
1: um, I mean, I
2: might do the pre-con,
0: too, just because
2: I have, like, the latest latest sets that have come out Mm -hmm. theme-wise, thematically, Mm -hmm. and um, I do kind of want to use, like, one of them and, you know, uh, instead of, like, maybe, like, creating a whole deck from just, like, the ground up, I might just do it. Or when I did the... (laughs) funny story draft where i stole all the commanders oh. and, and and i might just be like oh, okay this was the command <laughs> i wanted to use and then i'll go to adh or uh, rec and they might
0: be like okay if you I have mean, this commander then i mean you should there like, was a lot of salt to that fucking draft because you did take every single commander. that wasn't my plan
2: <laughs> i just was like oh well like i understand when you draft you draft to play that night uh-huh But also, I get to keep the cards, so, like, what if I'm, like, well, I don't want to make a deck around this, but I do later, so instead of buying it, I can just (laughs) take it right now. And then it just so (laughs) happened to work out that everyone had weaker commanders, okay? Well, is that because you took them? I know, (laughs) exactly, but it wasn't my intention to, okay? I just was. I was the big dumb. You know how, like, when you create a
0: character, (laughs) and you make them, like,
2: super dumb, but they're really strong, and you win somehow? It's like that.
0: That wasn't the intention. It's fine. It's a learning, it's a learning situation. Now you know next time to not steal all the commands. That or I
2: do know it, and I do it
0: intentionally. Oh and then take it
2: up That
1: is the difference. At least own up to Ugh. it when you do it.
0: Top toxicity! Oh god, alright. All right, right. Not as toxic like as your deck's okay? I, I... I highly doubt that, okay? It's like, look, my decks will run, and, and you know, they'll win. They won't stop people from playing outright unless I'm playing Derivy, but at you least I'm not- You had a deck that was just like, hey, if you don't- If you're
2: not me, you, you literally can't play these. It was like stacks deck or yeah, something. Derivy.
0: So, <laughs> yeah, Derivy! Literally, Derivy, the only
2: deck that I don't hey, play. You intentionally made that. I did not intentionally steal all the commanders to fuck over people. Hey, hey
0: from now on, though, if you do intentionally, toxic. Toxic plays, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! But uh, we should we should do a draft uh, another draft. Oh, speaking of which, you know what you should you should join us uh, when we do our cube, Megan. Which will be, I think, like next week or something, because we're gonna do it at the end of June, July.
1: Yeah, Ju- sorry, July, July. July. Yeah. July. Yeah. Uh, because
0: on- the end of July is Friendship Day. Yeah. Oh, we're yeah. gonna National do our cube Friendship on Friendship Day, Day. Okay. National Friendship Day, I'll join which is y'all. A way- well, you know, we're gonna make you join anyway. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. hey, listen, 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 listen. Okay, I have yeah.
2: a. This is a weird thing to say, but I have yeah. a. I have a. That means bad history relationship with national friendship. T- oh. Day. you're just giving me this look. Okay, listen. It's a <laughs> short story. Like long story short, it's because my, you know, I by definition, by technical definition, my very pretty uh, influencer. Instagram model cousin Ah. would post every single thing and be like, these are my friends, and I'm like, those were the friends that basically were like not very good, and also that you would constantly ignore me when I came to visit you for, and Uh. I was just like, y'all doing it for the clout on Instagram, but (laughs) I will join in the cube and not post Instagram pictures of it for the clout and just have a fun time with my friends.
1: I don't know who, I don't know which clout you're getting from, but uh, (laughs) please do honestly. Please do. Very
0: attractive people on Instagram and just being like, OMG, look. how how much fun we're having. Well, it's okay because the majority of us are not very super that's attractive people, okay? And it's fine. We oh, f- <laughs> <play laughs> magic, of course. We're like, we're
2: like, uh, Adontises, all right? Oh, <laughs> we're so. all okay. Adonis, okay, okay. So. So all of y'all listening out there, all right? You're beautiful.
1: <laughs> uh, that's why we have Megan on the podcast, guys. This is Get, true, get, this get, is get true. Build us up, Megan, please. <laughs> Nobody else will. <laughs>
0: Oh, usually it's just me and Pablo sucking each other's dicks but it's nice to bring in a third one so yeah. we can do a circle jerk. <laughs> now it's
1: not now it's not sad.
0: <laughs> oh god. Oh, please Pablo take this away. Okay. Move all right. on. What's um, the next topic? <laughs>
1: uh actually I think that's pretty much all the topics I can think of. Uh, one thing I suppose I r- want to know if if Megan has uh, more of these very nice insights uh, uh just uh, say that one more time. Now that you are a, a little bit more into magic, but still, uh, f- you know, learning, Megan, what do you think is one thing that you would want to say to other people who are beginning magic and beginning commander? Like, one thing you wish you knew when you were starting for, for both of those?
2: Um, I suppose, like... I mean, you know, the community is really sweet, so, you know, if you do have, like, a really experienced friend or a group of friends and stuff like that, definitely uh, have them help you or kind of, like, play with you and get more experience, Um, and then also just, like, do whatever makes you, like, have fun. Like, I know uh, if you're, you know, really into, like, oh, I want to make, like, you know, very short decks that like you know and turns very quickly because it's so powerful and that's fun for you then like do it um of course you know the reactions you get and stuff is how it's gonna be but i just think do whatever makes you like have fun like um i'm really glad i had a positive like experience going into magic um you know i'm glad that the community isn't you know very aggressive or so competitive that they kind of try to exclude newbies um So, you know, that's very helpful because having a bad experience definitely makes sense for you to, like, be like, well, I'm not going to get invested in this hobby. Um, And then for anyone who's like, oh, you know, I'm a little apprehensive about it, um, it really is honestly fun. Like, um, I feel like... um, I don't really play like a lot of uh, games. I'm kind of just starting to like get into like, you know, card games, video games, and things like that. Uh, but in general, it's just, it just has a lot of appeal. And that's why when we went to the card shop for the first time, I did at least, um, and I asked, they said, like, oh no, buy an overwhelming amount. Magic is the preferred uh, card game that everyone kind of comes to on Fridays to play and everything like that. Um, so it, it doesn't hurt, you know, to go on like that Friday to the local card shop and just meet people, you know, make friends, uh, you know, as adults. I think mm-hmm. it's t- very difficult to make friends unless you either are at, at college or work. And with work, it's a weird relationship because you have to be professional. So, you know, enjoy your hobbies. Go out there, make meet people and, you know, exchange tactics or, you know, learn about each other through their decks. Um, it, it'll be really it'll
0: be fun.
1: Mm -hmm. very nice and then once you
0: once you get into magic and then you can start initiating new people drag them into this cult that is magic
1: okay (laughs) oh wow michelle over (laughs) here just trying her best (laughs) she wants more victims that's the spike way
0: (laughs) okay also play play plane chase plane chase is fun. oh yeah plane chase is fantastic
2: yeah that's the that's the other time i ever won was Uh, And it was a star plane chase. Because we were on a plane where it was like, I believe if you roll a certain number, while there was even odds or a specific number, then everything dies, and I was playing my um, aristocrats Like big suck deck, yeah. Yeah, and it was stars, so it was like, well, you don't even have to kill everyone. But everyone was trying to get out of that plane, (laughs) and they couldn't get the number to roll for where you can change the planes, and then I rolled and got uh, the number that kills everything. And I was
0: like, oh, I won. Nice. Uh, like if you think that commander is random and super inconsistent, once you put planes chase in there, it's like all right, well the game is pretty much just like chaotic just mismatch I, Okay, I feel like I just like when things are, I guess, chaotic. I do and too. Like that. I feel like the stakes become much lower then because it's like you don't know what's gonna happen, so it's like whatever, just play. <laughs> That's true. That is true.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I can't speak for everyone, but focusing on winning, at least for me, was never really kind of, like, a, a thing. It's always just fun to, like, have, like, to play with your friends, mm-hmm. try different decks, and just kind of, like, fulfill whatever you want, right? Like, that's that's the way games are meant to kind of be. It's meant to bring joy.
0: Yeah. Very, very insightful. Thank you. <laughs> very
1: nuanced as well. Way to go. What a, what a great guest, everybody. Everybody give Yay! Megan a round of applause. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure all 20 of you out there listening are also clapping right now.
2: <laughs> hey, when y'all get big, I, I'm going to be there and be like, oh yeah, I was in the early episode. <laughs>
0: um,
2: but you know, hopefully I, I feel like, uh, are we, are we kind of coming towards the end? We,
0: Essentially. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know,
2: I appreciate y'all for having me as a guest. And then I guess to all the listeners, thank you guys for supporting my friends. Um, you know, I hope your journeys are as you know great, and thanks. Hopefully, you guys liked me as both like a guest on the podcast. Uh, if not, it's fine.
0: <laughs> thanks for listening to me, <laughs> anyways. <laughs> I'm sure it's fine. You're you're a sweet person, so like, well, it's fine. We'll bring you back sometime in the future just to once i'm more advanced yes. talk shit i guess it'll I don't be know. another five years
2: but uh, uh. I'll, I'll i'll advance well well
1: <laughs> knowing that you're going to be playing cube that'll be maybe a little bit quicker because you're hey man the great thing about magic is until you hit uh the the threshold where you're starting to learn how to become a pro or whatever it's a very fast uh curve once you just know the basics so just get mm-hmm. those games in you'll be fine um I don't know if we have enough time to do the what did you do in your week but I, I there is one thing I can do for Megan um, oh. as we're closing out the episode Megan wh- where 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 do you think we should put the end music
2: I'm sorry can you repeat that
1: where, <laughs> where do you think we should put the end music
2: um I don't know. I feel like if I choose it, it'll be so out of place. Because when I first heard the podcast and the music you got, uh, I think Pablo chooses the music, right? Like the music you chose, I was like, whoa, does he listen to this music or is this specifically for the podcast? Because it's very, um, it's called... EDM, right? Is that E-E-D-M the music? Yeah, EDM. Like that, yeah, EDM music. And I'm like, and I, I don't know if this is just me being dumb, but like, I was like, is it chosen because it's one letter away from EDH?
1: Wow. <laughs> ending with a ending with a nice little backup story. That's actually pretty good. <laughs> no, no, I so did you- not choose because of EDM. <laughs> but Megan, I asked you a question where should the end music go?
2: I have such. I don't think I have terrible tasting music, but I know people think I have terrible
0: tasting well, music. I think I think you might not have heard the question, right? Wait,
2: <laughs> where it should go?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Pablo was asking, where do you think the music should go? Where, I don't understand. Here, here.
1: Ah, there we go. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much to Kevin McCloud for um, (laughs) giving us the intro and outro music, uh, licensed through Creative Commons. Follow us on uh, Return One Scoop on Twitter and on Instagram. Hey, it was a great episode this week, Mary again, let me say this, if you guys were playing a drinking game and insightful was your word of choice, uh, I'm sure you're <laughs> super fucking drunk right now, but thank you, Megan, for all of the good, the good insights of somebody who uh, is, you know, in the starting-beginning portion of her magic journey. Inside,
0: inside, inside, inside. Thank you guys for having me, and thank you guys for listening. (laughs) Alright, bye guys.